now, time for Seafood News. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News staff writer Amanda Buckle. And I'm Seafood Market Reporter Liz Cuzzo. This week's episode is brought to you by Erna Berry's Reporter, the quarterly news magazine for the food industry professional, packed with the latest industry headlines, analysis, and trending articles. Contact advertise at ernaberry.com to be a featured sponsor in the spring edition of the Reporter, which is distributed to thousands of protein industry professionals, including a 5,500 bonus distribution to attendees at Seafood Expo North America in Boston. Make sure you are in front of your customers. So Liz, I think we have a great show today. Lots of good stuff to talk about. Like Erna Barry's new vice president. Yes. Erna Barry has appointed veteran team member Gary Morrison to the position of vice president. Gary previously served as director and lead market analyst at Erna Barry and during his tenure plus tenure with the company, reported on the pork and boxed beef markets. He has also managed various departments within Erna Barry while overseeing recruitment initiatives and HR functions. And in addition to his appointment to the role of VP, Gary will also be extending his duties to include reporting on the seafood market. Gary definitely wears a lot of hats around here, but congrats to Gary. Moving along, the Pacific Hague Joint Technical Committee, comprised of both U.S. and Canadian scientists, is hustling to include U.S. Pacific Hague age data in the coastwide draft stock assessment. The researchers made the update this week after the partial U.S. government shutdown ended. JTC is responsible for producing the coastwide whiting stock assessment upon which both countries' allocations are based. At the time of the shutdown in December 2018, U.S. age data was not included in the modeling. Canadian researchers said that they would do their best to produce the stock assessments based on information that they had at the time. The draft assessment is due for publication on February 6th. JTC said in an email last week that it will present the assessment based on the modeling done so far without 2018 age data included for the base model and sensitivities. The executive summary will be based on the model, which does not include 2018 age data. However, they are still hoping to get the 2018 uh, USH included, so we'll see. Okay. Um, in other news, South Fresh Aquaculture, which produces catfish and sells a range of other species such as oysters and tilapia, filed for bankruptcy under Chapter 11 to reorganize the company with a strategic restructuring. South Fresh is a wholly owned subsidiary of a lamp, excuse me, um, <laughs> Alabama Farmers Cooperative, Inc., Alabama Farmers Cooperative, Inc. and its other affiliates are not included in the bankruptcy. The company plans to operate through the restructuring with a debtor in possession credit line of $3.5 million, plus cash from its continuing operations. The company has made customary filings, including first-day motions with the U.S. Bankruptcy Court, which, if granted, will help ensure a smooth transition into the reorganization process without business disruption. Southfresh expects that its current management team will continue to lead the company throughout the reorganization process. Thanks, Liz. In other news, the Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers announced that Trident Seafood and True North Seafood have received funding awards for four new projects designed to develop new market opportunities for wild Alaska Pollock. Trident is receiving funding for three new uh, projects, including a publicity campaign to get wild Alaska Pollock into white tablecloth restaurants in seven major U.S. markets, which actually brings up a good point. I, I don't think I've actually really seen Pollock and like, you know, I don't go to too many white tablecloth restaurants, but you really don't see it. Liz no. is shaking her head. No. Yeah. <laughs> you don't I haven't it. either. 
So good luck with that. But um, other projects uh, include from from uh, Trident include new portions and protein noodles made from wild Alaska Pollock Surimi in North American club stores. Uh, meanwhile, True North Seafood is receiving funding for their project to introduce IQF wild Alaska Pollock fillets in grocery stores across North America. The awards from the association represent the first round of funding, and award amounts are confidential. Dun dun dun. <laughs> And we've got more news from the Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers. The USDA notified the association of their commitment to purchase an additional $30 million worth of wild Alaska Pollock products to support the nation's food banks and food assistant recipients. Last November, USDA announced the purchase in response to an original request submitted by the Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute for a purchase value of $100 million in Alaska Pollock. The request was justified due to the tariffs imposed on Alaska Pollock products by the U.S. and China as part of the trade war. Since then, both Alaska Pollock and Pollock produced in Russia have been exempted. On the Chinese side, there is no additional tariff on Pollock brought in to China for re-export, only on Pollock that stays within the country. On the other side, all Pollock products, including both Russian and Alaskan, are exempt from the tariffs the U.S. imposed on almost all other seafood items imported from China. Meanwhile, details of the purchase are not yet known. However, it's confirmed that the purchase will be used to feed America's most food-insecure populations, providing them with a delicious, nutritious, and versatile protein. That's great news. It is. And actually, speaking of food banks, uh, nonprofit organization SeaShare has started 2019 with a new strategic partnership. The organization will be teaming up with Hook, Line, and Saver, a new seafood startup based in Gloucester, Massachusetts, and part of the Gorton Seafood family. As part of the partnership, Hook, Line, and Saver has vowed to donate 5% of all profits from the sale of their new allergy-friendly frozen seafood line to SeaShare. The money will support the donation of seafood to food banks and feeding centers across the U.S. You can find Hookline and Saver's allergy-friendly frozen seafood line at Kroger stores in the Midwest, and the line will also be launching in select Wegman stores in the gluten-free section starting this March. You can't be eating and helping people at the same time. It's a win-win. <laughs> That's right. And for our listeners who are hungry right now, Australia's Aquaculture announced that Australia's <laughs> Barramundi will be featured in select recipes produced by Hello Fresh starting in February. I just want to note here for our, our listeners that uh, Liz said <laughs> kept saying agriculture instead of aquaculture, so that's why <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why it was such a struggle. But anyway, yeah. So uh, Hello Fresh starting in February, which is this month, you can get Australia's Barramundi, which is cool. Yes, and the recipes sound great. One recipe is a lemon butter Barramundi with pistachio rice and chili roasted carrot which will be shipped to HelloFresh customers across the country on February 2nd. And the second recipe is a seared barramundi in lemon horseradish sauce with potato wedges and apple salad, which will be shipped on March 9th. I am not a HelloFresh customer, but I might have to sign up just to get that lemon butter barramundi and pistachio rice recipe because that sounds slamming. Uh, <laughs> now, before we move over to some fun seafood news, we've got a salmon analysis from market reporter Janice Schreiber. Not that Janice's analysis aren't fun. Exactly. Um, Janice's uh, report, uh, well, sorry, Janice reports that the farm salmon market is currently moving in two different directions. The whole fish market, especially for fish with origins out of Europe, is weakening dramatically. Janice reports that in January, we typically see imported volumes to the U.S. out of Europe and especially Norway increase, and in turn, pricing adjusts lower. 
Once the pipeline is filled back up from after the Christmas and New Year's holidays, pricing historically starts to trend lower through February. The Canadian whole fish market was steady last week, and volumes off the west coast of Canada have been light the past few weeks, and volumes out of eastern Canada have been light as well due to the weather. Usually these markets are highly affected by the influx of European fish coming to the U.S. markets, uh, into the U.S. market. However, this year the additional volume from Europe is coupled with Canada's current lighter supply situation. A, a few factors that come into play with the seemingly abundance of fish coming out of Europe. Um, it's first that everyone is back to work after a longer holiday period for the Christmas and New Year's holidays, which I agree with that. I feel like we've been <laughs> at work for forever. Um, second, Norway needs to satisf uh, satisfy biomass requirements during this time period, meaning that they have to harvest more fish to maintain a certain biomass. And historically, this can happen during January. Third is the upcoming Chinese New Year holiday in Asia. The Asian market will traditionally buy six kilograms and larger for the holiday. However, once the New Year celebration begins, buying stops and comes to almost a complete halt. With the Asian markets buying less volume, that leaves an influx of fish to head to the United States. Now, on to the fun stuff. Lobster Fest is back at Red Lobster. Hallelujah! And they have a new menu item. Tell me more, Liz. Well, new to the Lobster Fest menu this year is a dish called Lobster Paradise. It's a crispy coconut Maine lobster tail. I'm loving it. Paired with Maine lobster meat and shrimp in a Caribbean pineapple burr blanc and a chili ginger grilled jumbo lobster skewer served with rice and choice of side. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I've like said this a couple times, but we really need to record a podcast episode from Red Lobster. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, what other new menu items do they have? The Ultimate Lobster Fest Surf and Turf, which is a garlic grilled Maine lobster tail paired, paired with tender Maine lobster meat baked in butter and a wood grilled sirloin topped with a Maine, Norway, and Langostino lobster meat burr blanc served with mashed potatoes and a choice of side. And finally, the Red Lobster Signature Creamy Lobster Alfredo Dish which is tender Maine lobster meat tossed with fresh tomatoes in a rich and creamy garlic Alfredo sauce served on a bed of linguine. That's it. We're hightailing to Red's Lobster right now. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks for listening and be sure to tune back next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.